The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Don Cooper is going to join us at 5. Oh. Will we hear the, the, the cockatiels in the background? It depends if he's home. Hopefully. I'm an animal guy. I got four dogs, two cats, a bird. He's looking at me right now. And uh, hopefully they're still alive. Oh. How could you say that? Don Cooper. I'm in the mood for a couple laughs, so uh, let's have at it. All right, it's, it sounds good. If, first of all, we got to know, how are your birds and the dogs? How is the menagerie? Oh, bad news. Got bad news. Got bad news for you there. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Two of my dogs were 17 years old. They, you know, they were, they they couldn't really hear or see too well, and we had to literally lift them up and take them outside. They passed. Oh. Three of my dogs passed, but uh, you know what we're learning is they give so much more joy. You know, it was sad that they're gone, but they, they gave so much joy, and we love them so much. Coop, you said you talk about your all-time backfires as an interview question. You said you wanted to have some laughs. And Speegs asked you about these animals. I'm so sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. That is terrible. That's no, not no, easy no, to lose a pet. Just, that's just that. That's just reality. Let me tell you something. We rescue all of them. We provide quite a sanctuary, quite a home for them. It makes me want to get adopted by the Cooper family. You'd be taken care of. I promise you that. My dog Ruby doesn't do anything. She just lays there all day. She's so chill. What do you feed her? Well, I put out Pro Bow Wow, but she barely touches it. She's so dainty. Is she sick? How are her poops? Doesn't really poop. It's perfect. Nothing to pick up. She just kind of lies there all day like a good girl. I put on the TV for her, but I have to prop her eyes open so she can see it. Does she smell? She smells horrible. It's unbelievable. But I don't want to put her in the bath. I'm afraid that she'll drown. I'm in the mood for a couple left. Mm. One, two, three. And here we go, Jeff. Here we go. Here we go, Jeff. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. We're sorry for Don Cooper's loss, but it sounded like he was kind of okay with it. Had a decent amount of perspective on it. And uh, as we noted when we heard this open at 220, uh, he's getting a new dog, but not getting new birds. Right. So he was, you know, we were thinking that maybe he didn't, didn't want to th- thrill as a bird owner. And we were like, yeah, it's kind of a crappy pet anyway. And so then we were like, well, what, what's the second best pet behind dog? And neither of us voted cat. I mean, it's definitely cat, according to uh, the, uh, the American public. Yeah, yeah right. But but we kind of we kind of crapped on cats. And uh, I got a DM from a listener named Chris. Uh oh. I can't believe I'm even sending you this. But dude, you're wrong on cats, bro. Oh man, cats will give you love and respect if you do the same towards them. Dogs are cool, but with cats, you earn their love. Oh, God. So many of them need loving homes just like dogs, and you just bleep on them on the radio. Yeah, that's what we all need. You don't have to like them, but that doesn't mean other people should be forced to hear your uneducated judgment about them. (laughs) Be better, bro. Whoa. And yes, you're right. I'm overreacting. Did he say yes, you're right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Listen, man. He had a little bit of self-awareness at the very end. Just a a hair. Cats suck, but Chris's cats are the worst ones alive. (laughs) (laughs) And also, as as an animal owner, 
I'm not here to earn their love Dude, and trust and respect. Don't I have enough people in my the life whose love I have to earn? Right? What, 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 acts of service for my animals? <laughs> like, I, I, I feed her. I yes. take her out. Yeah. She gets playtime. She... she She's got a good life, Love but me. I'm not trying to earn her respect. I've heard this she argument. She just coexists. From, I've heard this uh, argument from cat people before. Oh, you, you know. If you get a, cat, a dog's love, you lock them in a trunk for 24 hours. They open the trunk. They're happy to see you. Cat, you got to really earn it. You got to work for it. Uh, Who wants to do that? I, I, that not sounds, me. It sounds not, exhausting. Not me. Serial killers. Yeah. Chris's. <sighs> Guy's name, Chris. Not all Chris. Not all Chris. No. No. But that oh, one, oh, you hate all animals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, especially cats. I got to tell you. Yeah, they, there's a thing about a dog's love that I once heard, and I believe it's everlasting. That's that's what I had heard. <laughs> oh, no. As you famously told Justin Fields. You think that's why he hasn't been back on? Justin? Yeah. Give my man uh, Omar some extra, extra uh, treats tonight, and he should be good. I will. I will. Because, you know, he, the, the the dog's love is, is completely everlasting. Ah! Completely oh, everlasting. Completely. God. Completely everlasting. Every time. The new, a new type of chill. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, mortifying. It's a little cringy. It's a little, a little cringy. cringy. Yeah. I, love, I mean, it starts so so good because he's like, oh, I was going to trade my dog for a franchise quarterback. And yeah. he's like, oh, give my man Omar some love. Give him some extra treats tonight. Like, he's handling it perfectly. And then I just say what I say. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it happens. I'm an idiot. Um, the biggest news of the day is uh, what Adam Schefter tweeted, and then some of the conversation that's come after about Justin Fields, yeah, and the Bears uh, fielding offers for the first, uh, the number one pick. As Schefter said, the number one pick is for sale. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's very predictable. It's also ahead of NFL Combine Week when Ryan Poles' job is to meet with quarterbacks, which he reportedly will, to drive up the perception that they might draft a quarterback while also gaining intel on said quarterbacks and getting other teams to up the bidding. The best thing that could happen for the Bears this week is that Ryan Poles, uh, who we'll hear from tomorrow, uh, basically still stays committed to Justin Fields while being open to drafting a quarterback, and you want these guys to ball out this week. You want Levis and Richardson and Stroud, who are thrown at the combine, to have great weeks so that quarterbacks shoot up the draft boards. Yes. That's that's the goal of the week, mm-hmm. and it'll be very good for the Bears. I think that that is, uh, that is indeed true. And meanwhile, the whole baseball world is reacting to the pitch clock and everything that has gone on with the rules. And uh, over the weekend, and things continue to evolve there, White Sox, Pedro Grafal trying to hold the team accountable, which um, is resonating well with a lot of people watching very closely, and we'll see what happens coming out of camp. Grafal used his first opportunity to talk about the team by pointing out a whole bunch of errors um, and things that they have to get better on. I watched a lot of the Cubs yesterday and enjoyed that. David Ross was, uh, was mic'd up um, for a, a part of an inning. Uh, Sundays with Rossi, and that was really good. There was interesting stuff in there. Baseball is here, and I'm feeling good. And it's a better version of baseball already. Like that, I might write a love letter to baseball for trying this stuff. And my and people who would be critical of me would say it's just a love letter to Theo Epstein, who you already did love letters for for 20 hours a week for all the years that he was here. <laughs> and you would be right. So I'm preemptively noting that criticism. They needed this, man. The sport needed this so badly, mm. and the average game time for the first 19 spring training baseball games that were played over the weekend, 
two hours and 36 minutes. Yeah. Now, it's a 19-game sample. The inning is over, I believe. Are we talking faster? I think so, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, it's great. And I'm not saying that you don't want the game to breathe, and I, I, I understand that there will be something that is lost in it, and I'm not saying that there won't be awkward moments, and there have been, and we'll talk about one just here in a second. But it's going to be good for everybody. It'll take some growing pains. There'll be some purists who hate it. There'll be some broadcast changes. There'll be some player changes. There's going to be some bitching, some moaning, whatever. But if you get a sport down from three hours plus Mm -hmm. to two and a half hours plus, you're way shorter than football now, and you're just slightly longer than an NBA game. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. People will just be, it'll be easier to take kids to games on a school night. It'll it'll be good for the game in ways that people are not even discussing right now. Not to mention offense being added and other things like that coming into the game, which they absolutely are talking about. Like it, this will be good for the long term health of the sport. I think it is that is undeniably true, um, and it's it's a pretty remarkable moment to see all these changes kind of existing together as you watch some games. And there is awkwardness. There are violations that are happening. I think over the weekend we were averaging 1.9-something violations per game. Uh, The first week at the minors, last year when they did it, they averaged 1.7 per game. But eventually, after about four weeks last year, the minors, they were down to one violation every four games. So a quarter of a violation for each game, essentially. But most games, you wouldn't even see it. It just becomes second nature. And then a lot of things flow from it. Um, And it's interesting because I I mentioned that the stolen bases were up. Here's what it was. In 2021 in the minor leagues, there were 20,117 stolen bases. Last year in the minor leagues, 24,917 stolen bases. So... Almost 5,000 more stolen bases. Up from 20,000-something? From 20,100 to 24,900. So that's, you know, 20, Almost a quarter. 20% improvement. Yeah. So And, and you, you've seen that already in some of these games. 20,000 stolen bases? In 2021. All across the minor leagues. Oh, at every level of yes. minor leagues. Okay. Every level okay. of the minor leagues. I was going to say, that seems like a lot of stuff. Just one team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even, for, yeah. even for one level, that seems like an egregiously yeah. high amount. But, but okay, yeah, okay. Every uh, every lot, level, sure. A lot, lot of green lights out there right now. Yeah. Um, because, and it's spring training, just guys like playing their game and trying to do the thing. But the bases are a little bigger. The disengagement rule makes it a little, uh, gives it a little more urgency. And overall, things are happening a little faster. And stolen bases are going to go up, which I think are very fun. Listen to what happened. At the end of the Red Sox Braves spring training game over the weekend, because this is quite literally the most extreme example on the downside, on the negative to there being a pitch clock. Crowd of 7,923 is at a good day at the ballpark here in their first Grapefruit League game. About time called. Conley took too much time. He's out. He wasn't. He oh. didn't have his eyes on the pitcher oh. by the eight-second pitch mark on the pitch clock. And that's going to be the ball game. Conley was headed to first. He thought it was going to be a penalty for a ball, ball four. The game just ended on a pitch clock violation. <laughs> so that is a full count tie ball game. Three runs, I believe, were scored in the ninth. So the team is executing the comeback, trying to overcome the three-run deficit. And they get pitch clocked off 
That's how the game ends. Walk-off pitch clock. Walk-off pitch clock. The batter was not engaged with eight seconds left on the clock, according to the ump's discretion, Mm -hmm. to the pitcher. And then the, the controversy actually was within the details of it. Apparently, and I watched the video, just the clip of it, the catcher was standing up. So I tried to explain this before the show, and it got a little confusing, so I'll be very deliberate here. So the pitcher was engaged. He's on the rubber. He's ready to pitch. The hitter is in the box, ready to hit. The hitter has to be paying attention and ready to swing with eight seconds left on the pitch clock. The catcher was standing. He was not in a crouch, seemingly ready to receive the pitch. So the hitter is reading the situation off the catcher. He sees the catcher standing, and he's and, like, and I must he, still have and, some more time and he here. Appara- and he looks back at the catcher and looks down, like, like kind of like, what's going on? Is oh, oh, is he down there? No? Oh, he's up. And he looks back. That is now him not being engaged and actively ready towards the pitcher, and the ump calls it. So after the game, both managers were like, I thought it was on us. The the manager of the team that was pitching was like, I think that I thought that we uh, had messed that up, and the other guy was like, Oh, I thought it was on the batter for not paying attention, and it was on the batter. But the manager said he was like, I guess we could use this as a decoy or a deke. Like we could, you could tell the catcher to stand up and maybe get the pit, the the hitter to look back and not be paying attention, <laughs> and it could be like part of the strategy yeah. of the whole thing. Now that would feel like gamesmanship and gaming the system. And all of it. But that, that's all going to happen here in these first couple of weeks. And But our team's going to save it now for the regular season because they've seen it. It's exactly it, what David Ross said yesterday in the Cubs game. He, that, 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 that he said that in the first game the other day, yeah. he wrote down six different things, six different little nuances that he could play, try to play with the pitch clock rules and like try to game the system a little bit. And Deshaies is asked, like, well, or, or like what? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to hold my stuff for the regular season. Right. And so it's, it's, I love that stuff. Try, my, you might be able to steal a win. Can you imagine stealing a win off some little gamesmanship nuance in the first well, week of the season? And, I mean, you, so whatever it is, now, you don't want it to be – circumventing the rule in a way that eliminates why the pitch clock is there, which is to make it a better product to the fans. Mm-hmm. But if you can have a one-up thing with strategy, that's fine. And Theo and Major League Baseball, which is sending out the memo every day to the teams like you talked about, yes. they'll decide if the catcher standing to distract the batter to have him not look at the pitcher, mm-hmm. like if that's over the line, and that shouldn't be called. But the baseline question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we cool with the walk-off pitch clock violation being a way to end a game? Huh. Are we cool with that? Because we've seen the walk-off balk. Sure. You know, the walk-off drop third strike. You know what I mean? We, there, are, there are, it's like the, the, the downside of the Elam ending in basketball. I like the Elam ending, but if you did have the Elam ending, you'd probably have more games end on free throws. Not as exciting. But I'm like, is that less exciting than just the clock expiring with a guy dribbling near half court? Like, mm-hmm. my answer would be yes. Yeah, no, I, I'm okay I, with the walk off pitch clock violation. But it's kind of crazy that in the first 20 spring training games of the year, had one. The most extreme possible downside of the pitch clock already happened. I don't even know if it's a downside though, because this is these are the games that are not they're inconsequential in terms of wins and losses. Well, this is when they need to learn. The customs and and adjust. To I'm it. saying if it was Game Four of the World Series and there was a pitch, of course we don't care that it happened in a spring training game. Yeah, I'm saying if that exact scenario 
happened in a playoff game, a game in September, a game of consequence. Yeah, we might we might feel like we got robbed a little bit. It, we would feel like it wasn't settled on the field, right? But it's the rule. Like, and so I think that you have to take some negatives. When you have a clock, it's not like the discussion in football of like, well, should they swallow their flag for holding in the last two minutes of the game? <laughs> swallow their whistle. <laughs> swallow the whistle. <laughs> swallow the flag. <laughs> whatever That's what i mean i guess it's the same it is the same it's just it's the it's, same it's hard well the flag is <laughs> yeah the flag is not the the audible indicator right. of right. right and the flag the flag's is, not in your mouth the whistle already is the flag you have to take out of your pocket and then remove the whistle from your mouth bring the flag to your mouth Right. And swallow it. That's a lot of steps, man. Yeah. It's a lot of steps. Can you that Oculi? Just scarfing a flag down his throat. It would be disgusting. <laughs> no, I can't imagine Ed doing that because he's done. His son, though. Oh, Sean Hockley. Sean Hockley. Yeah, I can imagine right. him doing right. it. I can see why this is so popular. <laughs> right. You mean the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. All right. All right, the point is, if the, but yeah. when you introduce a clock, you it is it is. Binary. It would have been cooler if Joel Embiid's 70-foot heave counted. Yeah, to end the uh, Sixers and Celtics game right the other night. over the weekend. That would have been a cooler sports highlight if that 70-footer counted. <laughs> but it was after the clock, so it did work. So if there is a walk-off pitch clock violation in yeah. a World Series game, we have to be cool with it. Yeah, we do have to be cool we with it. We have to be cool with it. And, 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 you know. I got there. I landed the plane. You there was did. a ton of turbulence on the landing. Ooh, One boy. of the landing gears did totally work. Super bumpy. There were fire firefighters. I don't know on. if you saw. The plane <laughs> came down and hit the ground and went back up. Yeah, it was, flew for a little uh, while it was, more. It was dangerous. Man, it was awkward. It was missing for a while. It was a real yeah. old Malaysian Airlines situation. <laughs> oh. But we, we landed the plane. Too soon. Is it? I don't know. We landed. I would have gone Bermuda Triangle and Amelia Earhart. All right, got there. But either way, yes. No, and and as you referenced, anybody didn't hear the conversation earlier in the show. MLB is sending a memo to all the managers the very next morning. So far, they've done it three mornings in a row. Here's some stuff that happened in the games yesterday. Here's what we learned, and and that's this will include. Hey, we saw the catcher. Doing his thing and walking around, don't do that intentionally. Love MLB. They're going to change it. Just like I talked the the other day about if somebody tries to circumvent the shift rule by bringing the left fielder over in front of the right fielder, MLB has the right and probably the inclination to go ahead and stop that from happening. They they, want to keep that gamesmanship out of it. But as soon as these managers have realized that there might be something they can do, I suspect, like David Ross was joking about yesterday, some of them are just going to keep a couple of tricks in their back pocket. They should. And by, uh, trying to game the system, that's sports. That's kind of fun. That's part, it's part of the game. And then we'll just have to make a determination. It's, it's, and when I say we, it'll be Major League Baseball. Yeah. Of like, is that too far or is that smart? Right. That's it's, savvy. It's, some, sometimes if you're a defensive end and you totally read the snap count and you guess it, then you get – off the line of scrimmage before the tackle's even gotten out of a stance, right? right. That's gaming the system uh, in, 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 in some ways. Like, if you can figure out a way to do it, go ahead and do it. Multiple texters suggesting, what about no clock in the ninth inning? Like, in football, they stop the clock out of bounds in the last five minutes. I think I, I, think this, I don't think they're going to do it. They're, not, they're definitely not going to do it. Because this is about, as much as anything, and we haven't really seen it yet, but we'll see it when we get going with the regular season, 
It's about the relievers. Think about Craig Kimbrell's thing that he does before every pitch where he, like, huge deep breath, looks to the sky, tries to have his moment of zen. That's that's a long time. Yeah, it is, it's for the relievers. Yes, You're right. it's for the relievers who go full-on max effort, 100%. And try to throw it as hard as they possibly can every single time, and that's why you get into the, like this matchup craziness because you're like, well, he can't face 98, and that guy's going to be throwing 98, 99. Maybe some of the relievers are going to have to mix it up and use a little more stuff. They're going to have to use a little more location, and some of their stuff might be a little more hittable. You might get more action and in the be, eighth and the ninth. And it'd be one thing if it was Black Jack McDowell and Greg Maddox, and they're going deep every game. But now you got four, five, six relievers coming in every damn game. Right, right. It's incessant. And you've had some starters who are going five innings max. Like, hey, great job, great effort. And, yeah. and the hope is that when they're not going at 100% and they realize they can't bring in a middle closer in the six to right. go 100% every time, then maybe some of those habits and strategies will change as you see guys go back to the art of pitching as opposed to just hurling. You can send in your questions for one last thing. Text them and twitch them in. Did I really say swallow the flag? I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to own it's, that it's one. Awesome, man. That, that's it's freaking. Great. They do the same thing on Lale up the dial. They talk about that all the time. So I think we're heading in the right direction. Great. Trying to catch them. Um, Except they do it in Spanish. That's a big difference. So Wilson Contreras says the Cardinals are a better organization than the Cubs. That begs another question about the next time we see Wilson Contreras in this town. It's next on the score. I never read that particular book that the Cardinals wrote way back in the day regarding how to play baseball. That particular book that you guys got was written right around the turn of the last century, not the previous, like 1900, when it took, um, I don't know, several singles to score a run as opposed to one big guy coming up and hitting a home run. So all that has changed. You can take that book and you can read it yourself because I don't give a crap about that book. So I want everybody there to understand that we don't start stuff, but we will stop stuff. Cubs and Cardinals. It's a great pull by Chris Tannehill. A moment where Joe Madden, like, cemented himself. For like, oh, good, he hates the Cardinals as much as we do. This is going to work out just fine. I say it all the time. I really believe it. I want more trash talk in sports. I want less hate in the world, more hate in sports. Sports hate is a good thing. It makes... It's why we do this. It's what we care about. It makes it more fun. Like, ri- rivalries should matter. Trash that's, talk. That's why I leaned in and enjoyed myself in Packers Week. Which you made fun of me for. For sure. I I wanted to acquire an asset that would help you beat the Packers for 10 years yep. as opposed to one meaningless game. But, you know, <laughs> still, what, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but Wilson Contreras is now a Cardinal. This happens. We've seen it happen in Cubs-Cardinals. We've seen it happen in Yankees-Red Sox. We've seen it happen in Bears-Packers. It, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but normally... When you're a beloved player who's a part of a historic beloved team, you go out kind of grateful and you don't want to burn the bridge. And Wilson Contreras is talking a very different kind of way when he felt disrespected by the Cubs offer and very respected by the $87 million offer from the Cardinals, he was asked about uh, the two different organizations. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is, uh, this for me, I like this better. It's a it's better organization. Uh, we all like almost like all old school, old school way, which I love it. 
Um, and that's something that I really like it. I was I already talked to uh, the manager about it, like how was the culture here, and everything since I got here has been everything just one way, the cardinal way, and I have to adjust it. So uh, it's, it's not it's not it's not it's not that hard. I mean, it, do everything right and respect each other. That's it. Oh, how could you say that? <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Uh, it's not just because of the contract. It's also because of the stuff that came out the other day that he was forced to answer for in Rosen, Ken Rosenthal's piece. He right. was he was told anonymous stuff that was clearly from Cubs sources, and he spent a lot of words and time and passion refuting it to Kenny Rosenthal. I don't think we're there yet off those comments, but I could see Wilson doubling and tripling down being asked about it in later in spring by Chicago media, being asked about it ahead of Cubs Cardinals, still trying to win over the Cardinals fan base in that locker room. Do you see a scenario where Wilson Contreras could be booed at Wrigley Field? Um, yeah, for sure. I think they'll be booing and cheering at that first moment, if that's what you're talking about. There'll be a lot of cheering, predominantly cheering, but there might be some booing. But then I... If he plays the heel multiple times between Dude. now and then, it becomes booze. But I think as of now, uh-huh. Wilson Contreras on the Cardinals still gets cheered. I think he will get cheered that first time. But I, I feel pretty confident that sometime in that first series here, he will do something that makes some of those cheers turn to booze. Because that dude is driven by the chip on his shoulder, real or imagined. Yeah. That that guy, he's going to... He's gonna, fly into somebody on the base paths or tag somebody hard and then spike the ball at home. I hope he flips the bat higher than he did against the White Sox. You guys can enjoy that. <laughs> that was awesome. He is he if he homers, he will flip the hell out of that bat. He will completely and utterly Hollywood it up and take his time around the bases, rev the crowd up and some of those cheers will turn to booze. You you can guarantee that's going to happen. During that series. It's an interesting tack to take, though, man, because he got the lifetime money from the Cardinals, but he's going to be remembered as a Cub. He's going, I mean, you're on the 2016 World Series. You won a World Series, for sure. But you, and you won that World Series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Multiple-time All-Star. Like, you, you are a Cub. And so to be like, the Cardinals are the better organization – even if historically, it's absolutely true. Oh, historically, it, 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 <laughs> it, overall, it is true. I mean, only the Yankees have won more World Series, and the Cardinals with George Kissel and what they started way back when. This is the organizational model. The Cubs passed them during their ascent with Theo, but then they've clearly fallen back behind, even just in the moment and over the last decade, and the Cardinals just keep on rolling. Yeah. So, I mean, he's like, not wrong factually and historically. No. But in terms of right now, how the pitching infrastructure is, how they think about defense. That that that's the thing you didn't like is that they didn't like how Wilson went about his business in terms of preparing for games and talking to pitchers. They thought he was selfish, they thought he was concentrating on the offense, he would go off script and all that. And so he's he's striking back about that in terms of the right now. I know, but again, if they're the better organization, they might be right. I know you dismiss that or don't or don't or think it's unlikely. I I, 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 I don't I don't think Wilson goes about 
the way it goes about his business, the way that Yadier Molina went about his business. So it's not as if they're okay. sell- I think sure. they're expecting Wilson to to uh, change Conform. and to be more conscientious. If Wilson does some of the same stuff he did here, then John Moseliak and those other uh, the the brain trust they will fall out of a little bit of love for yeah, him. Yeah, they're going to say it's not the Cubs. Uh, this is not the Cardinal way. Right. So he he I think he's saying the right things early to ingratiate himself to manager clubhouse and fan base of Newtown. Mm-hmm. But it's a uh, normally how that one goes is a version of I love it here. I don't want to disrespect them any. I want to beat them on the field, but yeah. I had great times there. I was in that organization for a decade. Man. Uh, you know what I mean? That, that, that's normally how that one goes. It's, it's not the your only and hated bitter rival is a better organization. How do I know that? Because I've been here eight days. <laughs> that's just not normally how that one goes. It's it's pretty fun. This is a very juicy addition to this rivalry obviously Lou Brock for Ernie Brolio from way back when in recent vintage it hasn't been this volatile it's not like people freaked out when Dexter Fowler was a cardinal in the same kind of way no Mark Grudzelonic trying to remember how Cubs fans felt about Mark Grudzelonic going down there from Chicago you know, it, it, Cub fans embracing Jim Edmonds. That, I was going to just say Jim Edmonds. Is, was not something that you expected, but they had to. But my God, Jim Edmonds was easy to hate as a Cardinal. And then all of a sudden there he is, a Cub, doing the thing that he always used to do. Oh, that smug son of a plane so shallow oh. and running back on the ball. And then you waiting. so cute out there. We know. Waiting to dive for the ball until he could make it look like you did in gym class. Look at me. What a great get, fielder get on, I am. Get on your top ten highlights. Exactly. All oh, your web gems. I see you out there. You know. Faking it. I know, man. But I just. Were you not surprised to see those comments? Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I was, but then I, I really think it's about about He's him pissed. being him being forced to answer for what he got called out on anonymously the other day. He, he was embarrassed, man. He was embarrassed by that stuff. It's just so interesting. Like, so of all of the Cubs who have departed, that were not the Earth, just the team, uh, who were beloved, KB Rizzo, mm-hmm. Javi. Schwarber, Wilson Contreras. Like, who's Schwarber thriving the most? Absolutely. Right? I mean, I mean Rizzo, Rizzo had a pretty a pretty good year and, last year. And Bryant financially. Bryant financially, but his, his first season was a disaster in Colorado. Yeah. Javi, Javi Baez financially, but his first season was a disaster in Detroit. Schwarber is thriving like crazy and beloved. Schwarber looks like the worst choice of all, which is interesting because the arc of his time here, it looked like it was a mistake not to trade him. Well, yeah, they just gave him away. They, right, they, they didn't even. But he, like, what I mean, like for the year or two before that, it was like, oh, he doesn't really have a position. It might have been a mistake not to trade him and sure. maximize that. Like it, it, there was a lot to, to Schwarber's time here. But then, yeah, the the just to to non tender him and get nothing because he didn't feel like paying him. He then outperformed that right away in Washington right. and with a trade to Boston at the end of that year, learning first base on the fly and still hitting bombs. I'm just thinking about, like, you know, who's winning the breakup? Schwarber's winning the breakup. Schwarber's winning the breakup. Bryant and Baez might feel like they're winning the breakup. They feel it at the bank, but the Cubs do not regret those guys not being on the team. 
They do not right and, now. And Cubs fans still have a great feeling. And it's, listen, in 20 years, it, you know, when they get come back and the statue and whatever, like they'll, they'll all be celebrated. But Cubs fans have no ill will right now towards Chris Bryant or right. Javi Baez. Like it just like the Cubs traded them. Some fans understood it and liked it. Some fans understood it and hated it. Mm-hmm. Some fans didn't understand it and hated it. But they don't really hold anything against those players. It all ended, you know. Rizzo was a little messy. He said some stuff about feeling lied to yeah. and contract offers not being made. Same with Bryant a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Schwarber's winning the breakup on the field. Baez and uh, Bryant are winning it financially, but the Cubs are thrilled to not have given out those contracts. Right. They, they still have a big old gaping hole at third base right now, uh, do the Cubs. I, and Bryant uh, yeah, would have been an option, it, obviously. W- yeah, I mean, would have been fantastic. <sighs> If healthy, uh, textures are right about pointing out Ryan Terrio. Ryan Terrio said, I'm finally on the right side of the Cubs Cardinals rivalry once he got to St. Louis. Yeah. No, and, and again, none of that stuff like, b- like bothers me. I think it makes sports better. So I just, I didn't, I didn't really, he's Wilson's an intense guy. So maybe I should have saw it coming, but he was also just, I mean, he was in the organization for so long. For so long, yeah, he was. So to all, so to so to come out immediately and say this is a better organization, it was just a that's a wild statement to mm, make mm-hmm. uh, that quickly when the Cubs organization kind of made you who you were. Looking forward to that first game back for him. Yeah, it's going to be really adds fun. a little something extra, a little extra juice to the rivalry. When, when is it? Because it's late, isn't it? Cubs Cardinals. It's not the weekend when Pat gets into the Hall of Fame, is it? I because that's in that that's is in a, July. I know that's no, Cubs they, Cardinals, but no, that they, can't they, be the first. No, one. they play them before in June in London. But, right, but they. But are they here? When, so when is Contreras' return to Wrigley? Is right, the, is the question. Yeah, I don't know that off the top of my head. It's like uh, May. Feel. Yeah, there is May. So May, May the eighth, ninth, and tenth, three night games: Cardinals at Cubs. There you go. That's great. That's great. That's going to be great fun. Early enough that no one's eliminated yet hmm. uh, from, <laughs> from from contention. Speaks' floor will still very much be intact. Hey, Pedro Grafol says you can't win a World Series in spring training, but you can lose it. In spring training? Yeah. Hmm. If they don't like take it seriously and try hard and stuff? Okay. You probably can't lose it either. So one of those teams could be eliminated by spring training. Um, I'm, a little, I'm a little haunted by Burnsy's idea that the White Sox are going to be the team that starts hot. On the strength of dominance from Mike Clevenger. Yeah, he just likes to put in the most toxic thing possible into the <laughs> atmosphere and then watch the world burn. That's what he does. Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah, he, he has a gift for it, though. I will say he's one of the best, if not the best, yeah. I've ever heard at it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll how, do- that's how you make a career this time. Yeah, absolutely. We'll answer some, uh, some questions, text and twitch them in. A couple good ones coming in on text already. It's like you give a few days off to this uh, this segment, and you guys stockpile some good questions. It's one last thing next on The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. It's been a long four hours. Afternoons on The Score. Just one more thing, please. I thought you had a clock to punch. I do. I'm leaving right now. It's time for One Last Thing. Let's let someone else ask a couple questions. I just want to ask you. And then we'll come back to you. One question. How about that? Let's let everybody else and we'll come back to you. Ask any question. I just want to ask you. For anyone on the show. Then I can figure out who I want to answer to. I don't need your help with that. I just want to ask you. One question. Does anyone else have another question first? I got a question. All right. I just want to ask you. Thank you. One question. One Last Thing with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. 
We like to end the show with your questions. You text and twitch them in. Shane gathers them and asks them. We all answer. What do we got? Sean and Charlotte on the text line. Are you guys actively not watching Kicking and Screaming just to mess with Shane? Oh, that's a fair point. You know what? Um, Christine's about to leave town for a little while. I'm going to have some time. I will watch it, Shane. I will watch it. I watched the first 25 minutes. That's not. And I know it wasn't better than Step Brothers, which you said it was, so I just abandoned it. It is better than Step Brothers. It's not. The text line and the Twitchers will agree with me. They will not. Hmm. I am avoiding it on purpose. Uh, I like to commit to a good bit, and it is on my list of movies to watch, and I just keep putting things ahead of it in the old queue, including Danny's short-term 12 he's been telling me to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Don't take it personal. It's not. Yeah, he doesn't just ignore your recommendations. He ignores mine, too. I'll back him up on short-term 12. I like short-term 12. Uh, speaking of that, a uh, good bit here from Skizad on Twitch. What are you guys watching on TV tonight? <laughs> oh, oh uh, hey. <laughs> nice. Hey there. See what he's doing there. That's fun. <sighs> we like to have fun around here. 708, how would you like to see Carson Wentz backing up Justin Fields? No, oh, no, 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 no. No, no. no he, thank you. A lot of reports of him being a jag and not the most... Uh, Teammateship, but, low teammateship yeah, rating. Mentally committed to the game. You want your backup quarterback to ideally be as smart or smarter than your starter. I think go get the smartest uh, quarterback you can draft who has a similar skill set to Justin Fields so you can have the Tyler Huntley effect, have a backup who mirrors the starter. You don't have to change the game plan as much. From Peoria Mike, what's everyone's favorite podcast? Ooh. And do we think Peoria Mike knows Peoria Matt? Man, they, they should they get to know each other. They should hang they out. They should hang out. I've, in, I've really enjoyed Neil Brennan blocks recently. Yeah, you talked about it the other day. I really got to check that out. It's it's great because it's two comedians, so it's always funny, but they're not trying to be funny because they're always talking about like serious issues yeah. that involve their mental health, and these are people that think about things a lot and are in a ton of therapy for the most part. Like mm-hmm. a generalized, so they're just like very introspective and honest. It's really good. Um, I, I listened to a lot of Smartless for a while, and those guys made me laugh. But um, I haven't listened for a bit. I gotta say, Fresh Air. When Terry Gross had like has a like a, a a guest that interests me, or even sometimes when she doesn't, I appreciate the research and the and the caliber of interview. It varies for me. Like I've been listening to a lot of Shane Gillis's podcast, Matt and Shane's Secret Podcast. That's a good one. Uh, Bill Maher's Club Random lately, but listen to that. Hmm. And uh, there's a lot of just really good ones out there. Like, but I get in like zones where I'll listen to one for a couple weeks straight, like catch up on old episodes, then I'll pivot around. Real ones with John Bernthal, the actor. That's a good one where he talks to just all types of different people from all walks of life and gets their story. It's a lot of good stuff out there. The <laughs> chemistry that. I'm sorry. Were you no, following up? No, I was just going to one up the John, or, uh, plus the John Bernthal one. I listened to the one with David Simon that Tanny sent me. It was very good. The chemistry that Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer have together on Two Bears, One Cave is perfect. It's the perfect combination for an easy listening podcast where you just feel like you're in the room with someone. And then a new one called Bourbon and a Buddy. So <laughs> a big fan of that one. Check it out. Interesting. Not Nor- long this week. Northside 5 on Twitch. If you had to pick between having a bird as a pet or a cat as a pet, which one are you choosing? Bird. Bird, I'm allergic to cats. Yeah, I, I'm also allergic to cats, but I also don't feel the need to earn an animal's love with painstaking effort. I've wanted an owl for the longest time, so the first opportunity that Ooh. I have to, to get an owl, I think I'll be right there. That's pretty wow. cool. Here's one via text. Uh, best perk you've ever received. It's okay, Tanny. No, I'm Tanny. Don't worry. All right, I'll just talk about my falcon at some other point. Maybe (laughs) tomorrow. He had such an interesting answer (laughs) to the bird cat question. (laughs) Speaks blue right by him.
Go ahead, read your text question, Speed. Best perk you've ever received at 670 the score. What's the best perk you've ever taken advantage of? Tanny, you go first. <laughs> uh, throwing out first pitch, at least being there while you, while Danny threw out the first pitch. Speed was not out there oh. uh, with throwing out the first pitch. He was behind the plate, famously. famously. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's, that was pretty cool. That's pretty neat. I think any partnership you get via an endorsement is something that you can't get in another field. So, like, Free steaks for reading commercials? You Dude, kidding me? That's that's pretty strong. You kidding me? For yeah. you? We got one you coming up, me? too. Got a good perk coming up, too, next month. It's not Vegas. a bad one. Going to Vegas? Vegas. Oh, yeah, that's a good perk. Yeah, no, having our best friend Derek Stevens be mm. friend, Don't speak for us. friend and fan <laughs> of the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, throw, throw it out the first pitch at, at Wrigley is, is pretty ridiculous. That's uh, going to be tough. The, uh, the Dublin boondoggle from our friends at Jameson three-day trip with all expenses paid just wanting us to walk around and drink and do one radio show in three days yeah and you that did was it, ridiculous and, and you did it twice i did do it twice that's awesome yes yeah, that's, that's pretty spectacular need to wrap, need to wrap. we normally don't do like the whole shout out thing but this is this is a pretty good one tanny uh any chance i can get an 83 drop for my grandfather former white Sox player dave nicholson who passed away saturday at the age of 83 83 I'm just, gonna, cool. I'm just going to believe you that that's the story. It would be a weird thing to lie about. RIP in peace, Dave Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He did uh, indeed die just the other day, and right. he was indeed 83. Okay. There you go. Laid that's... to rest with Don Cooper's dogs. Yeah. 83. Uh, Texter did want to ask a follow-up, uh, Shane. Was it really – were you the cool guy in college with piranhas? Yeah, for sure. For sure? Yeah. People definitely. wanted to come see the piranhas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It worked? Yeah. Um, one more quick shout out to Andy and I just saw on Instagram, our guy, Daryl Pastelnik cooking with Daryl is wearing a 670 the score quarter zip in his most recent viral video. That's outstanding. Our guy, Daryl Pastelnik, the man, he's probably listening right now. Thank you, Daryl. What did we do today? We had Will Perdue on the show. Sure did. That's about it. I think so. Yeah, no, that's about it for guests. We did a lot of other things. Of course, people should check it out. I enjoyed Paul's position today. Working through what this next week is going to be like. Mark Grody will be at the Combine doing reports 5 o'clock every day on this show. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus expected to address the media tomorrow. Thank you to Kevin Lapka. He's been handling the Twitch chat and the video stream. Thank you, sir. Shane Reardon, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Check out Bourbon and a Buddy, by the way. Seriously, Shane's podcast. He works very hard on it. He does great work. He gets these guys to tell stories that they wouldn't otherwise tell. He makes them very comfortable. Kyle Long, his guest this week. Chris Tannehill makes us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score. Yeah, it was supposed to be you know, all fun and games, but obviously it, it hasn't turned out that way. And if I had fanned anybody, it was not the case. It was just uh, friends having, having fun. And um, as I said, if, if I had fanned anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry.